We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Chasing Hardware, the podcast that sits down with the sports figures you grew up with and hears their stories. Welcome to Chasing Hardware. I'm your host, Rich Lamella. My guest today was a five-time Pro Bowler who helped lead the Raiders to two Super Bowl victories in the 80s. To this day, he is regarded as one of the best bump and run corners in NFL history with the mix of physicality that made it hard for a receiver to get off the line and speed to run with anyone. His 1980 season might be the best ever for a corner in league history. He recorded 13 regular season interceptions and had four called back due to penalties. He added an astonishing five more in the playoffs as Oakland won the Super Bowl. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Chasing Hardware, Mr. Lester Hayes. Lester, welcome. Good afternoon, guys. How are you doing, Rich? I'm doing great, Lester. I, I appreciate you taking the time to come on Chasing Hardware. Um, obviously, we've got a lot to cover, so I want to get right into it. Um, you, you grew up in Houston, uh, born, born and raised in Houston. You're from the Fifth Ward area. Um, your father had, yes. been, had been a football player at Wheatley High School. He was a lineman, and you started off as a football player as a lineman. Um, and we'll get into all the different positions wow. you played, but tell me a little bit about, you know, kind of growing up in the fifth ward. Oh, uh, well, Rich, uh, thinking back, uh, the 1960s, geez, uh, neighborhood football games, Rich, this is deep. <laughs> Rich, uh, there were, uh, neighborhood football games. Like I was age uh, 13 and guys would would have towels placed placed on the uh, sideline like and they would take out pistols, rich and knives and billy clubs and blackjacks out of their pockets and place them on the sidelines and covered them with a towel. Well, like like on Saturdays, uh, there's a truce. 
uh, thank God that I that no one got shot. Right. That no one got stabbed. Of course, our football game rich, and this is deeper. Well, uh, God, uh, change or changing shoes on the sidelines. A track spikes are put on guys' feet. It uh, still told Vietnam combat boots are placed on their feet. Amazing. Picture this, Rich. Men are actually tackling each other, like, and they are wearing uh, track shoes. <laughs> to me, each and every Saturday. Of men are bleeding based upon tackling guys in track shoes. But uh, that situation, it toughened me up. Uh, uh, thinking back, it was 1967, 68, and 69. Like on Saturdays, we are playing tackle football. Yeah. Like I am age. Uh, uh, 12, 13, 14, 15, and I'm facing men uh, that are 17, 18, 19, 20. Yeah. Like, and, that's, like, and that situation of playing the versus men, uh, that toughened me up. And, jeez, uh, so uh, thinking back in junior high school, uh, my number was number 66. Rich, this is crazy. This, I was a uh, five-star uh, lineman in junior high school. Mm-hmm. And I was a blocking beast. I was a pancaker. <laughs> I pancake men based upon... Like a very important factor is the fantastic coaching, and I got coached up mentally. And there was a focus on uh, uh, technique. You had to have great technique, like, and that came from the uh, uh, seven-man sled. Is uh, finishing your technique and rich. I was a blocking beat based upon my foundation of playing versus men who had on track shoes, uh, still toed combat boots. I bled Saturday after Saturday after Saturday, but I didn't quit. Like, and that situation, it toughened me physically. It toughened me mentally. Yeah. Like, I had uh, no doubt and no fear, Rich. You can't have fear playing uh, tackle football. Like, and uh, playing in my neighbor neighborhood, Rich, it toughened me up. And I'm thankful that uh, that I did not quit. Oh, I'm sure. And then and you get to Wheatley High School and you are I mean, it's amazing to watch the different positions you played. You you start off, you're playing offensive tackle your junior year. You're like number 75. Yeah. And then. Oh, yes, Rich. 
And then your senior year, they switch you to defensive end. You make 35 sacks in nine games. You're also playing flanker and fullback. Now you're number 20. I mean, think about that. There aren't many guys who go from number 75 Mm -hmm. to number 20. Geez, in 1973, Rich, Rich, I was a state champion in track. My 40-yard dash time time was 4.3 because I was only 200 pounds. Geez, I get a phone call, Rich, our domestic head coach. It was Coach Jackson. I, he phones me up and says, Lester, uh, think about this. Uh uh, we are changing you from offensive tackle to uh, fullback and flanker, like and uh, defensive. Well, like in a three-four defense, I'm a linebacker. So then, keys. I meet with Coach Jackson, and Coach Jackson, he tells me this. Rich, I started crying. Geez, I'm a blocking beast, Rich. Don't change me. But Coach Jackson, he saw something. And I did not see see this. I'm very, very fast, and after practice, this uh, Coach Jackson would would have uh, uh, sprints, and sure. it was a team sprint. And I'm leading, being uh, flankers and halfbacks and DBs. I'm leading everyone. Hmm. So, uh, Coach Jackson says, "Lester, Mr., uh, you." Uh, can play linebacker and flanker. Coach, I started crying. Coach, I don't want to play linebacker because I'm a blocker uh, mentally. So, geez, I changed numbers from number 75 uh, to number 20. Geez, like, and I'm crying, Rich. I'm walking home like an I can flash back on that day. And, Rich, I was sad. But I had a fantastic technique of teacher and a coach of red. Geez, he taught me a, a club and rip and double club rip and club swim moves. He's teaching me uh, sack moves. Sure. But my senior season, season like I was a uh, three, four outside linebacker. Geez, I could not be blocked based upon the technique. Geez, I trained every day. I stayed late after practice. I'm working. I'm studying film. I'm taking notes. Like my senior senior year at Whitley High School, mm-hmm. film study. Jeez, I'm watching. I'm watching film. Like, and I had a pen and pad. I'm charting what I see. Like, and I'm studying film. But geez, I'm staying late daily, working on club rip and double club rip and club swim. Uh, sweat. That's a very important factor. 
sweat, of course, working on a technique like in hours of five, like in my senior senior year, I was a five-star linebacker. But check this out, Rich. There was a football player uh, named uh, Lee uh, Canalito at Sterling High School. Okay. And like in our fifth uh, game of my senior season is versus Sterling High School. Lee Canalito and scouts are coming uh, to see Lee. Sure. Scouts of the Southwest Conference, the Pac-10, the Big 8, the Southeastern Conference. Scouts are there. Oh, wow. I had never seen a scout at our games. Sure. Never, ever, never. So, uh, scouts are there, like, and Lee, he doesn't play. Like, in that game versus uh, uh, Sterling High School, I had five sacks, uh, 12 tackles, and a block part. Like, I had uh, not gotten any uh, buzz from a college scout. But after that game, scouts are... Scouts are at our practice now. Yeah. To see me. I said, thank God. And the scouts are all there on the sideline. They have all jackets. I signed with Texas A&M until basketball season, and I was the state champion in basketball. Yep, so, jump in the center. Yes, I was the center. Yeah. Like, like it was a basketball game. And our head coach at Texas A&M is Coach uh, Ballard. Emory Ballard, yeah. Like, yes, like a great man and a great coach. And I'm dunking the ball in a, a pretty game. Sure. Like in JG's, and he's on the sideline, like at my basketball games. Yeah. And he's on the sideline, he's cheering, he's clapping, and he comes over to me and says, a nice dunk, Lester. Uh, geez, I don't know him yet. Right. Like, and he told me that, Lester, we want you at Texas A&M. Geez, and he came back again. He came back, back a third time. So I'm very, very grateful and thankful uh, that that he kept coming because uh, Southern Southern Methodists uh, they are sending scouts, but uh, Texas A&M is sending a head coach. Yeah. Oh, I felt I felt love. You you get there, and his first year, he go they go three mm-hmm. and eight. You come the next year mm-hmm. and you guys go five and six, eight and three, ten and two, ten and two. So there's a steady progression while you're there. And you play two years at linebacker, and then they move you to strong safety, uh, where you become an all-American your junior and senior years. Tell tell me about and this. I cried again. I cried again. Oh, Rich sure. a phone call again. A phone yeah. call at seven. <laughs> 
Like, and I wake up at seven in the morning and I'm wondering who is calling me, me at, like at seven. Uh, head coach is Coach uh, Ballard. It's him. Lester, uh, be here at 7.45 and meet me. Okay, so it's 7.45 and I meet Coach uh, Ballard like it was, it was at his office. And he tells me something. He says, Lester, uh, we are thinking about moving you from a linebacker uh, to uh, strong safety. Mm-hmm. And Rich, I started crying again. <laughs> I done turned into a newborn baby. <laughs> and gee, I'm crying, crying again, Rich. I'm in his office. And I said, Coach, uh, strong safety, but I've never played strong safety. He's like, I'm a five-star linebacker. Oh, I'm crying in front of him, Rich. I'm crying. I'm begging him, don't move me. Like, and Coach says, Lester, uh, you have great feet and you have speed and you tackle well, so you can do it, Lester. So then I bought it. I believed him. And he sent me somebody, Rich. He sent me Pat Thomas. Pat Thomas was was a super stud uh, cornerback. Sure, for the Rams after Texas A&M. Yes, and he sent me Pat Thomas, but, but geez, he told me something. He said, Lester, Lester, what I want you to do is stay on campus Stay on campus, but I'm in love. I'm going home. <laughs> it's June. Coach, stay on campus. And he said, Lester, stay on campus with Pat Thomas. Is staying here with you. Like, and he will teach you. <sighs> but, geez, I'm thinking this, Rich. I'm in love with Sandra Lewis. I'm in love. I'm spellbound. Kid, I want to go home and see Sandra. Oh, but I got to stay on campus and kids in twice a day. It's Pat Thomas and me. It's Pat Thomas and me because he is teaching me strong safety. Oh, okay. Well, I got to do it. So then I stay on campus like in my junior year. Jeez, our team is strong, and I'm a strong safety. I'm a starter now. Yep. Like, and I'm a second-team All-American based upon Pat Thomas and our defensive back coach, Coach Melvin. Coach Melvin, he coaches you up mentally. He coaches you up physically. But, geez, on film study, film study, I'm taking notes, I'm studying. Like, and my team is successful. Like, in my senior season, like, I'm a strong safety. Like, and my team is successful, and I'm first-team All-American. Oh, boy, I'm happy. You're So you've already started becoming, like, a student of the game watching film in high school. You're now a strong safety at A&M. Your defense is insane. I looked it up. Your junior year, 10 of the 11 starters made all Southwest Conference, including you, obviously. And you're a second-team All-American. Mm-hmm. And then 
senior year, your first team All-American, you have eight interceptions in the Southwest Conference, which is kind of a running conference, which is amazing. And you're playing Earl Campbell. Your Our travel game is Texas. Earl Campbell's a year behind you. And you're using film study. You guys beat them pretty well your last two years. And film study was a key to that. Tell me, uh, give, give me 30 seconds on that. I'd love to hear that. Uh, like it was my junior year. Like it was a Thanksgiving Day game. Yep. Like and sports writers and sportscasters are saying that you can't stop uh, number 20 or old Campbell, that it's impossible that he will crush you. Like, and I'm studying film, and we are studying film, and we're studying, like, we're going back three, four, five, six games. We go back, back a year. Like, and uh, defensive planner coach Melvin is showing us that coach Darrell Royal is stuck. Like, he's stuck on his system. Mm -hmm. Like, and he will not... Uh, change his system, system of keys, uh, of dives, of pitches, of traps on number twenty. Earl Campbell, sure. like, and I'm hoping and I'm praying that they do not change. Just uh, film study and coach of Melvin is planting a seed on us. They won't change. Sure. They won't change. Like, and I said something. I was bold. Um, so I said, uh, like, I think it was that uh, Tuesday that they cannot beat us. I'm, I'm confident based upon film study going back back a year. Like, the coach, uh, Darrell Royal, will not change his system. So then, I held court because I'm the judge now. <laughs> so I held court on Tuesday, like, and I said something. I said, guys, guys, they cannot beat us with this system. We actually knew it. So then, like, my uh, nickname of Judge Hayes, it was based upon that. Based upon confidence and based upon being brave on that Tuesday before uh, Thanksgiving, yeah. then I told everybody that we are going to spank them. Everybody said, Lester, you shouldn't have said that. I believe it. So, of course, I said it. And it came true because Coach Darrell Royal, he didn't change his system. The same system of year after year. Like, and we knew it. And we had a lot of studs on that team. Stud football players who had great technique. You got to have great technique. Like, and that, that is of fantastic coaching and we got coached up sure and so so yeah that's a, that's a great point and so so then so you guys beat them they, they've been steamrolling everybody you guys beat them and that gives you a share of the southwest conference which is a huge deal and um mm -hmm. and so then you're an all-american those two years and then yeah the raiders draft you 
and you you go in the fifth round. I mean, there's a lot of defensive backs who go before you. And I'll say this right now. I went back and looked. I looked it up. Nobody in that draft, which included Tony Dorsett, nobody in that draft went to more Pro Bowls than you did in their career. There are two guys tied you, Bob Baumhauer and Marvin Powell. Dorsett and Klecko went to four. Mm -hmm. Everybody else was below that. So you're in the fifth round. Nobody went to more Pro Bowls than you. Um, but guess you, what? <laughs> I'm going to tell you a secret. <laughs> I got to tell you a secret, brother. Okay, what, you got? what I did. What did you guess do? what I did in March of 1977. Guess what I did? What did you do? Uh, Tony Dorsett uh, said something in March of 1977. Tony Dorsett told the, the Seahawks, guys, don't draft me because I'm a Dallas Cowboy. What did you say, Tony? <laughs> Tony told them this. It's uh, March, and I would draft in 1977 is in May. But Tony is talking in he's in March, and I'm listening to this. No, he didn't. Oh, yes, he did. <laughs> like, and I'm thinking, well, if Tony did it, of course, so can I. And guess what I did, Rich? What'd you do? Rich, I wrote a letter to Tex Graham. It was tear-soaked. Rich, because I love the silver and blue. Rich, all my life I was a cowboy fan until that day. Sure. Like, 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 I wrote a tear-soaked letter to Tex Graham. I said, please draft me. I'm the biggest Dallas Cowboy fan in Texas. Guess what he did, Rich? Rich, he sent me, guess what he did, though? Like, he sent me a three-foot-by-three-foot box of swag. It was socks. It was cowboy pants and cowboy jerseys, cowboy jackets, like jeans and cowboy beanies, cowboy T-shirts, cowboy (laughs) hats. And Rich, Rich, I read what he told me, like like it was a letter. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tex, Tex Graham said, the the Dallas Cowboys are watching you. Oh, Rich, that's my team since I was five in 1960. Sure. And Rich, like, and I'm young, I'm thinking, Oh, well, they're going to draft me because of all the swag. Rich, I had a cowboy jacket. I had cowboy T-shirts, pants, socks, everything, cowboy. And, Rich, I wore it every day. (laughs) (laughs) I wore it every day. But, Rich, I got scouts coming. Guess what I told them? The scouts said to me, here was scouts on two teams, and they told me something, Rich, and I'm out there Jeez, I'm drilling, I'm running. And the Cowboys, like, and the scouts said that, uh, well, well, Lester, jeez, uh, that there's a strong possibility of us drafting you in the second round. Rich, I hit the ceiling. What? Second round? What's wrong with you? <laughs> second round? Rich, I hit the roof on two of them. And, Rich, I shouldn't have. I should have said, thank God that they are looking at me like as a second-round draft choice. But, Rich, no, I'm a super stud. 
I'm a top five draft choice. And I said it, Rich, I'm not scared. Shit. I'm not scared, Rich. I said, guys, I'm a top five draft choice. And you're talking about the second round. Rich, I got pissed. <laughs> I told the scouts. I told them, Rich, uh-uh, uh, second round? And Rich... I had a couple of trips that that were that were scheduled. Rich, I said I'm not going because it's not Dallas. Because I thought, based upon the box of swag, Rich, I'm a future cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great story. My God, I've never heard that. That is fantastic. I, Rich, I'm coming clean. Rich, I'm coming clean because I know secrets. And yeah. brother, this is what happened because I'm the judge and I held court. I'm a whole court. You're not gonna draft me in the second round. What's wrong with you? I'm a superstar. <laughs> <laughs> I told the scout, no. Mm-mm. And so, so then- Rich, it's sold, and I'm drafted uh, May third, nineteen seventy-seven. The phone rings, like, and it's our super scout. Uh, 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 Tom Grimes, okay, like a good man, and he calls me. Oh, this is Tom Grimes of uh, the the Oakland Raiders, and we have drafted you. What? <laughs> I said, what? You drafted me, Rich? I'm expecting a phone call from like I think it was it was the uh. uh Two two oh four two one one four uh prefix Ricky, I mean I'm expecting a call from Dallas. Yeah. And Rich it's Rich like it's geez, it's uh the the open raiders. Boy Rich, I started crying again because it wasn't Dallas. Yeah. But Rich, I turned the page. I turned the page. I, like, and they had training training camp. I think the May seventh uh, of nineteen seventy seven. I go out to training camp, uh, and there's seventeen guys there who who are corners and safeties. It's seventeen, Rich. Hmm. Like. And the first day was like our defensive back coach is Coach Zeman. And Coach Zeman says, guys, there's no safeties that you are a cornerback. What? But I'm a, geez, I'm a super stud, strong safety. Plus, geez, I have never played a, a cornerback before. But that's what he told us on the first day. And so, as like, and that takes place, and everybody's in, he's in cornerback drills, cornerback drills, cornerback drills. Uh, camp, camp starts in a month, and veterans are there. All the veterans are there, there now. And that, like, by the and way, that, first, that, that veteran team, they have just won the Super Bowl. And, and it was strong. The, it yeah. seemed strong. And the, first of all, the defensive backs are the soul patrol. It's Tatum and Atkinson yeah. at safety. It's Skip Thomas and a legend, Willie Brown, at corner. 
you're the new and Neil Cole yeah. that guy can run and you come in yeah and you know oh by the way in front of you is Stork Hendricks Villa Piano Otis Sistrunk I mean this team is just loaded I'm a two Zach and Dave Rowe I mean it was a stud I mean it was stud city yeah what, what was it like coming day. with those the, the Soul Patrol were they welcoming or did you have to prove yourself Oh, let me take you to some secret stuff, brother. Okay. <laughs> let me take you to some secret stuff nobody knows. First day of practice. First day of practice, veterans are there with us. It's 17 first-year players there. It's 17 of us. And the first practice, I'm at corner. I'm thinking that this is an experiment. I'm not going to stay out there. Because because I'm a super stud, strong safety, and I know it. I'm not bragging. It's fact. So then, the first day of practice, jeez, I'm behind Skip Thomas. Why are you putting me out here at cornerback and I'm a first-team five-star All-American strong safety? What are you doing? I'm thinking this. I'm thinking this all day. But they didn't move me uh, to uh, strong safety. I'm thinking that this is an experiment. This this is a bad, bad experiment. I'm going to move back to strong safety. No, Rich. Kids, I started crying again, Rich. What's wrong with me? I'm from Texas. I'm tough. Texans don't cry. Yes, they do, Rich. I'm at, geez, I'm walking out the gate, Rich. Of course, it was our first day of practice, and guess who I saw? Al Davis. Coach John Madden. John Madden. I see him standing at the gate. And, Rich, I see him. I say, oh, I got to get out of this. I don't want to play cornerback. I'm a five-star, super stud, strong safety. I got to get out of this cornerback stuff. So, Rich, I couldn't help myself. And Rich, I walk up to him, and he's standing at the like at the gate. And so Rich, I see him, and I'm thinking, how could I turn him with tears? Rich, I'm gonna turn him with tears. I'm gonna touch his heart. I'm gonna touch his soul. I'm gonna turn him, Rich, and make him put me at strong safety. And Rich, I'm walking up to him, and I just start crying. Shit, I couldn't help it, Rich. I don't want to play cornerback. And I say, Coach, please let me play strong safety. Coach, I, Coach, I'm five-star. Coach, I'm a super stud strong safety. And I'm a former linebacker. you got to put me at strong safety. Guess what he did, Rich? Kept you at corner. Rich, he started laughing. <laughs> Rich, he started laughing at me. I'm crying, and I'm over here crying. I'm wiping my eyes. I'm trying to be tough and cool. I couldn't help myself, Rich. Rich, I'm wiping tears down. I'm saying, Coach, you got to put me at strong safety, please, Coach. I don't want to play corner. Like, and he looked at me, Rich, and he said, Lester, you got speed and you got point guard basketball feet. He said that to me. I'm looking at him, Rich. I'm trying to turn him. Rich, he said, Lester, you turn, you stay low, you get the bump, you turn your hips, you stop the burst, you do it. Lester, of course, uh, you can do it. You can play cornerback. <laughs> 
like, and I'm looking at his eyes, Rich, and I believed him. Yeah. And Rich, he sold me. Guess what I did, Rich? I walked in our locker room. I'm walking and I'm trying to hide these tears. I'm trying, I'm trying to hide them, but Rich, I couldn't help it. Rich, I don't want to play corner. Guess who he sent to me? Rich, he sent number 24, the father of bump and run, Willie Brown. Oh, Willie Brown. Like, I'm sitting. Oh, yeah. Rich, this is deep. Bro, of course, I'm in my locker. I'm taking off my gear. No, no, no. Because I was just stuck there. I couldn't take off my gear. I mean, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to fight back tears. Like in number twenty four, he comes in and says, "Hey, so come with me, Rook." And that's all he said was, "Come with me, Rook." Yep. Like I go back on the field with him. Like a kid, and it was a bag, a heavy bag, and he's teaching me the bump. He's teaching me the bump. Left foot, left hip, right foot, right hip. Turn, stay low, get the bump, turn. Rich, he came in because Coach John Madden sent him. Sent him in, Rich, to teach me bump and run. Rich, I don't know about no bump and run. Didn't have a clue. But, Rich, I'm thank God that he was sent. And, geez, and daily, geez, it was a daily thing for a decade, Rich, of me and Willie Brown and me and Mike Haynes and Willie Brown. Yeah. Yeah, because because Willie plays for the first year or two with you, and then he becomes the D backs coach. Um, yes, yes. So, so you're with him for almost your entire career, very close to it. Oh yes, indeed. It was a decade of staying late. You got to work. You got to stay late. You need to put in the work. Of course, the sweat, the time. You stayed late. Geez, it's he and I out there only. I mean, Willie and I. Like and Mike and Mike Haynes came, like it was Mike and Willie and I, and we are staying late. I mean, fifteen minutes, twenty minutes on technique, technique, technique. Get the bump, turn your hips, get the bump, stay low, no false steps. He taught me just like Pat Thomas taught me at Texas A&M. Yep. Oh, man, now that's deep. Now that's deep, Rich. Pat Thomas, he taught me at Texas A&M, and I became a superstar. Uh, Willie Brown, he taught me, like, jeez, uh, in 77 on, he taught me for a decade. That's so Jeez, cool. And, and, oh, by the way, and, run. And, and oh, by the way, you're, you've got Cliff Branch, who's a world-class sprinter, who you're going up against in practice every day, and Fred Bolitnikoff, who didn't have the seat, the speed. He was like a four-nine guy, but he was a very difficult receiver to cover. So you're getting like a tutorial every day. So true, because the fact is, if you look at Cooper Cup, uh, now, sure, uh, uh, that is the Fred Bolitnikoff's a clone. Okay. That's his clone. Like his 40-yard dash, 
like it's probably a four six or a four seven. But uh point guard basketball quickness and point guard basketball feet. Fred Belitnikoff had it. I faced him him in seventy seven and seventy eight. Yeah. Like in practice, of course it like it was daily. Jeez, and his feet are like Cooper Cup's feet. Cat quick. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. And 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 because the Oakland offense, they didn't do anything less than 15 yards. So uh, in terms of the passing game, so you were just constantly being drilled in like, you know, getting up and getting the hit. And then you had to turn and run because that's the way it was every day in practice. So true. But there's a, like there's a form of technique like it's called stop step burst rich whereas you work every day on sinking your hips you can't stop tall you can't turn tall you can't burst tall like and i flashed back back i was the state champion in the track like in 1973 rich i was a state champion like and I was taught I was I had to be uh, coached up like like in that track situation because if you are tall like it slows down like a player's burst so then I was taught of course sink your hips and bend bend with flexibility like like in that uh, curve uh, portion of the 220-yard dash. Sure. Uh, flexibility is very important in football. There there are zone cornerbacks who, who are stiff. Like, and I say stiff or uh, jointed, they, they aren't flexible. But but I'm very, very thankful that I was uh, flexible, uh, joint, though, like as far as stop, stepping, burst, uh, stop, step, burst on out, stop, step, burst, burst on the in route, stop, step, burst, burst on the hook route, like in the turning my hips on a go route and bursting, flexible burst is yeah, important. And you talk about being flexible. Oh, by the way, uh, you know, like a lot of the people who listen to this show, I've watched, you know, a million football games in my life. There's never been a corner before or since who lines up the way you do, where you would line up straight across from the receiver, no angle, straight against them. And you were crouched so low that your fingers were literally grazing the top of the grass. Was was that taught to you by Willie or is that just something that kind of came to you? <laughs> you won't believe this. This is deep, Rich. <laughs> Like in 1972, Rich, uh, that is my linebacker stance. Oh, is that, right? <laughs> that is my linebacker stance. Rich, Rich, uh, thinking back, brother, there was a show, like a fantastic TV show called Lost in Space. Sure. Rich, I felt as if I was lost in space. Like that first day, like of like of practice as a Raider, Rich. I'm a cornerback now, Rich. Uh, geez, that first day 
Rich, I don't know what I'm doing. I've never been out there. So, Rich, uh, mentally, I'm a linebacker. So uh, that's what I know. So that was my my backer stance in 1972 when I had, what was it? I had 29 sacks or 30 sacks. I don't remember. But, Rich, that's my backer stance because I'm a backer mentally. And that's it. what I knew. So oh, then I got in it. Yes. That's and that's amazing. what and see, like a very important factor for a bump and run cornerback, Rick. Of course, you got to be flexible. You can't have tight, stiff joints and right. turn like and stop that burst. Like you got to be blessed with flexibility. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's, and, and obviously the stance and the learning from Willie, it's all paying off pretty quickly because you, you know, your second year, you get four or five picks, your third year, you've got like seven picks. Um, and 80 comes around, 1980 comes around, you're in your fourth year, you're a starter and you're, you're playing with Monty Jackson who had come over from the Rams and he's a very good corner also. Um, yeah. Yeah. And you pick up, as I said, at the beginning of the show, you get 13 interceptions four more interceptions that were uh, overturned because of penalties. Um, In the last 72 years of NFL football, no defensive back has gotten that many interceptions. One other guy in like 1952 got 13 and uh, Night Train Lane got 14, uh, like around 1950 also. So this is for three quarters of a century, the most prolific year of interceptions could have been more with the interceptions uh, that were overturned or, you know, turned back because of, but then you get into the playoffs and you guys go on a run. You beat Houston, your ex quarterback, uh, Kenny Stabler, you get two against him and a touchdown. And Oh, by the way, you weren't a big sack guy, but you got two sacks against him. I got sacks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That game. Guess what though, Rich, guess what? Schemes. Some some coaches are stubborn. Some coaches are so stubborn with their playbook. They do not change. And we studied uh we studied them like in that geez, it was versus my hometown team. Of course, and we went back on Coach Bum Phillips and we studied him. We studied him. We went back, back a year. We went back two years. And Rich, he loves what he loves and he's not changing his playbook. And we said, Ooh, thank you. Don't change. Please don't change. We're praying and we're hoping. Don't change. Don't change. <laughs> he didn't no, by change. The way, it's, and we it's and oh, by the way, yeah. it's Earl Campbell yeah. again. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The same book, Rich. Because if you do not change your playbook, Rich, your book, like it gets skinny. Like in his playbook, oh, we knew it. Like, and we hoped and prayed that he wouldn't change. <laughs> he didn't change his book. Not one iota. Geez, geez, it was the same scheme, the same uh, uh, calls on certain downs. 
like if he motions, if he shifts, he's doing this. Rich, of course, and we knew him. And we blitzed him. Oh, Lord, man, it was a sack party. <laughs> oh, poor <laughs> Kenny. <laughs> we beat Kenny up. And yeah. I love Kenny. Yeah. I mean, he was, was a great raider. But Rich, he was in that Houston Love You Blue, and we beat him up. Yeah. Well, and so and that postseason. So this is this is absolutely amazing to me. Now, obviously, you've become a shutdown corner. So quarterbacks are not going to want to throw your way anyway. But in that postseason, you had five interceptions in those four games, two against Houston, two against Cleveland, one against San Diego. And then you guys beat the Eagles for the Super Bowl. So now you're a Super Bowl champ. In those games, they targeted you six times against Houston. They completed three. Five times against Cleveland, they completed one. Five times against San Diego, they completed one. And they threw at you eight times in the Super Bowl and completed three. You almost had more interceptions than passes completed on you in a four-game postseason. I mean, it's unbelievable. It was, it, I think there were like seven or eight passes completed on you. You had five interceptions. That, that'll never be done again. Um Guess I mean, what though, Rich? Guess what I had? Guess what I had, Rich? Rich, uh, focusing focusing on passing downs, but Rich is very important. Uh, like on first and second down, Rich stopped the run. That is what Coach uh, Charlie Sumner, like, and our coaching staff focused on first. Yeah. Like, like stop them on First and second down, of course, put them in third down and seven plus. We did that, Rich, but but on passing down, Rich, uh, Zach Savages, Cedric Hartman, and Willie Jones are now uh, playing on third downs, and I had a rush. I had Cedric Hartman, Willie Jones, Matuzak. Willie Willie Jones, he came in on passing down. Cedric Hartman and uh, Matuzak and Browning and Hendricks and Rod Martin and Jeff Barnes. Four guys, that's all we sent on passing downs, and I got pressure. What I needed was... Like on passing down, I don't need sacks. I just need heat. Heat him up. Pressure <laughs> him. Pressure him. I don't need a sack, Rich. I need heat. Heat him up and Cedric Hartman and Willie Jones and Matuzak in the middle and Browning and someone else I'm leaving out. Someone else on the push up that middle. Jeez, I, I can't even place him. It was somebody. No, no, no. Dave, Dave was already gone. Someone, uh, someone, Matt like Millen? in Super Bowl fifteen season. No, no, on passing downs, on third down. Uh, somebody okay. gave gave me a me a push up the middle with Cedric Hartman and Willie Jones. Was a like I forgot, but Pierre? the Dave heat Pierre? was on. Was it Dave Pierre? Pierre? Dave, Dave Pear, Dave yeah. Pear, Dave Pear. That was my the third down package. Of course, it was a pincer move with a push up the center. That's the pressure that I got consistently. That is why, Jesus, I had picks 
and stats. You cannot, because because our scheme is not cover two, it's not cover three zone, it's not cover four zone, like it's not cover six zone. Geez, on first down, second down, third down, it's man-to-man bump and run. It's tough. So then, like, as far as success goes, I'm successful based upon sack savages. I don't need a sack man on third down. Give me a sack savage who's going to bring me heat. Thank God that I had Cedric Hartman, Willie Jones, Davey Pair, and Matuzak at 6'7". Jeez, I had hands up. I had hits on the quarterback. Like, and I had stats. I had picks. But I need sack savages, and I had them. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was it was like that's the perfect scheme. And like you've said, uh, you know, whether whether it was in high school or Texas A&M or scouting Oilers, I mean, y- you were like you were a film study maven. Like you had your archives yeah. and that just keyed you for everything. Um, now, here's something I love. <clears throat> After the 80 season, they banned Stickham. You obviously wear a lot of Stickham before you, Freddie Bolitnikoff. I think he's the one who introduced you. Here's the thing I love about this. Pro. You went to five Pro Bowls. You went to four of them after they banned Stickham. So, like, you know, some people are like, oh, well, you got all those picks because of Stickham. You, you were a more productive uh, corner after they banned it. Well, you know why? <clears throat> because because of Coach uh, Charlie, Charlie Sumner's scheme. And um, uh, Mr. Davis, he kept studs. That's a, that's a very important factor is you keep your – uh, stud football players like in our defensive line our offensive line was stud city you keep your studs and I played with geez I mean studs every year but they were linemen like and they were men who kept plunked clean yeah. you must have that you got to stop them on first and second down. Like, like I was thankful that there was not a lot of third down and one and third down and two. Jeez, I saw a lot of third down and six and third down and seven, third down and eight, third down and 12. Jeez, uh, and that that is why... I was successful based upon down and distance, but uh, first I needed pressure, but I needed men to stop the run on first and second down. Oh, sure. guess what? Guess 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 what I got for you, Rich? There there is a man that no one talks about on first and second down was like it was uh, Reggie Kinlaw. You couldn't block him. Yeah. You could not block him on first and second down. You yeah. couldn't block Reggie. Jeez, it's second down and geez, and twelve. It's second down and the nine. Based upon you can't block the three, four the nose guard. Yeah. That boy was a beast and no one talks about Reggie. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, No he, one brings him up. Yeah. He was well, a super and, stud. 
And and what you just said about Al Davis is true too. Constantly bringing guys in, you know, all of a sudden you draft Howie Long, and then he brings in Al yeah. Zayt from the Browns. I mean, just replenishing that front line, you know, always. Yeah, yeah, and, indeed, Rich. Rich. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't start with with corners and safeties and backers. You need beast up front. You can't have cotton candy asses up front. Oh, geez, I mean, you must have beast on first and second down. But you need savages on third down. Sack savages, pressure. That's what I needed, and I got it, Rich. That's why we we always won. Yeah. We were uh, consistently successful based upon our defensive and offensive line. It starts there, Rich. It don't start with with the 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 V or the X or the halfback or the tight end. Uh uh-uh, sure. Rich, of course. You gotta have five blocking beasts up front. Or you do what the the uh Kansas City Chiefs do. They chip they chip with their backs and chip with their tight ends mm. to to actually help those tackles. Sure. Well, and and speaking of yeah. your offensive line, I mean that's about as legendary <clears throat> a line as there is, right? Shell and Upshaw, Dalby. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. indeed. I got there like in '77, like, and it was a lot of second down and ones, <laughs> second down and twos. <laughs> And gee, it was it was drives of twelve plays, fourteen plays. I'm sitting on the sideline. I'm getting cold because <laughs> gee, it's a sixteen play drive. You know, yeah. Geez, I was lying. Oh wow, it was grinding them. It was fantastic. Pancakers. Ooh, lord, it was beautiful. And and then they, as if as if your defensive backfield. <clears throat> Got Van McElroy back there with you. Then you guys signed Mike Haynes. It's in, it's interesting. I interviewed John Hanna, you know, the old guard for the Patriots. Mm-hmm. And he was just lamenting how the yeah. Patriots just let everybody go. Leon Gray, Sam Cunningham, um, Plunkett. And, you know, sure enough, here comes Mike Haynes, you know, one of the best corners in the league along with you. And all of a sudden, he's on the other side. He's on the right side. Uh, what's it like when Haynes comes? Rich, 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 let me tell you some some. Some some secret stuff sure. that no one knows but you, Rich. <laughs> Let's hear it. Guess what, Rich? This is deep, brother. Like in 1975, like it was no in 1976, it was it was Mike's uh, senior senior season, Arizona State, and like and it was a survey done. Who's the top? cornerback and uh mike mike is number one and guess who is number two oh pat, pat thomas, thomas. <laughs> there you go pat thomas he taught me <laughs> so you know i'm biased like <laughs> i saw this list and no yes it was in 1976 the list that came out and Mike Haynes is first, and each and every Texas A&M football player said, what's wrong with them? They put Mike first over Pat. Pat Thomas was loved. 
And I love Pat Thomas because he taught me. Sure. So then I disliked uh, Mike Haynes very deeply. <laughs> Deep dislike. I'm talking trash. Mike Haynes is not better than Pat Thomas. What's wrong with them? They put him over Pat Thomas, and Pat is second on the list. Disliked Mike because I was I was a kid mentally, so I'm following Pat, and everybody is following Pat. What's wrong with these people, man? They put Mike over Pat, but geez, you know what though? They didn't lie. Mike Haynes <laughs> was number one, but I did not like Mike. And look at what happens in time. As time passes on, look at what happens. Mike and I are voted the greatest cornerback duo of all times. Yeah. But I used to hate Mike. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. I love it. I, I disliked him. Man, everybody is spitting fire at Texas A&M at Kane Hall. Everybody at Kane Hall is spitting fire. What's wrong with these voters who are voting Mike over Pat? And Mike is a second-round draft choice, and they drafted Mike in the first round and left Pat. Pat, Pat was a second, second-round draft choice. What's wrong with them? They drafted Michael Bupat. <laughs> and it wasn't a lie. Yeah. Mike was the best cornerback in the 1976 draft. We were so mad. The draft day, day of 1976, and Pat is drafted in the second round, and Mike is drafted in the first round. Oh, we were spitting fire. <laughs> but, geez, it was the truth. It wasn't a lie. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and yeah, so, so as you say, so you guys become the greatest cornerback tandem in league history, which is just amazing. It's 105 years. Um and so you guys have a great season. You go 12 and four in 83. Uh, now you got Marcus Allen on the team. And you also sign uh, when Alzado comes in from Cleveland. So does Greg Pruitt. And I, I bring this up. Yeah. I've been fortunate enough on this show. I've interviewed Greg Pruitt, but also Joe Washington. And Pruitt talks about that regular season game that it was just a great game, that 83 season, where he has that huge yeah. return. But the Redskins win on a late pass to jo to uh, to Joe Washington, and yeah, Pruitt a screen pass, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. And Pruitt and Washington had played together at Oklahoma. They know the system. It's a play that like they've run before. So Pruitt is telling mm -hmm. the Raiders, "Look, in a similar situation, <clears throat> they're going to do something just like that." So you guys are playing the Skins, and you've got a lead. It's just before the half. And Pruitt apparently is like some, I don't know exactly how it was happening, but he's like yelling to the coaches, like they're going to do it. They're going to do it. And you're out there as a corner, Ooh. you're on the left side. And Jack Squirek, who just passed away just like a week or two, or like a couple of weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, yes, a good guy. Good, yeah. A real he, good dude. And they had schemed it. And so he comes sprinting onto the field just in time to make one of the most, you know, incredible plays in Super Bowl history, right? The picks off the ball, Ooh. walks in five yards, and it basically ended the game right there before the half. T tell mm -hmm. me about that play from your perspective. Oh, uh, guess what we did Super Bowl 18? We watched San Diego Charger film. 
Okay. Oh, that was the secret of Coach Gibbs was a play caller for the San Diego Chargers. Yeah. Like if certain like if certain schemes, if certain things that you like, is certain things that that a coach loves. Like on third downs jeez, like on second downs on the San Diego Chargers uh, scheme was screens. Like and he got stuck in that uh, syndrome of screens on certain downs. Mm-hmm. Like, and we are studying him based upon the San Diego Chargers scheme, and he left, but he brought his book with him. <laughs> he brought his playbook with him. That's amazing. And that was a blessing for us. You got to change your book. You can't do what you used to do because the summa cum laude coaches and summa cum laude players are going to study you. Right. And they're going to know. They're going to know what you are doing next. Yes. And we know because the fact is that is what he loved. You can't fight love. <laughs> That's amazing. It's too That's strong. Amazing. Like, it's just like a recurring theme in your career, like picking up on the little nuances. Um, you, and it, yeah. yeah. And it's and it's and it's yeah. interesting. That game, Theismann barely tested you. I mean, he he, he I, you know, you were covering Art Monk, and was it Alvin Garrett in that game? No, it was Monk. Guess what I saw though. Monk was so big and so physical that that I went back on him him a year or two. Guys would not bump him because Monk would actually whip your butt in a five yard bump zone. Okay. Guys would actually back up because he was physical. I mean, he would club rip you. He would rip you. He would chip you. This guy was huge. I think he was 6'3", 220, and he was yeah. strong. Yeah, for, them, the guy, for back then, I, that's a big receiver. Yes, and he was physical. He would legally whip your ass in the five-yard bump zone. <laughs> and I'm watching film, and I'm watching all these bump and bumping guys. Jeez, I'm watching the bumpers, and they're backing up off of him. And I'm wondering, why do you play bump all year, but you're facing Art Monk, and you won't bump him? Hmm. Oh, I figured it out. He will whip your butt in the five-yard bump zone. Bump and run cornerbacks are shying away. Oh, but I'm a linebacker mentally. I'm playing bump. You're not going to whip my butt. So then I played him bump, and I was physical. But what he didn't know was that I'm not a cornerback. I'm a linebacker who's playing cornerback. Right. <laughs> I'm not going to back up. But, geez, I studied him. I studied him. Like, and bump and run cornerbacks, they backed up. I'm not backing up. <laughs> I will bump you and keep that's, bumping you. That's amazing. And so you basically shut him down that game. I had to bump him, though, because if you back up on him, he's going to slant you. He's going to out you. He's going to quit you. He's going to hook you. 
Oh, no, you are not. You're not going to do that to me because I don't have fear. I'm a lineman. I'm a linebacker. Girl, I'm a strong safety. I love the boom. (laughs) You're not going to make me back up. Yeah. Well, and and it's funny because um, Mike Haynes, obviously, who you're now paired with, he, he even said, he's like, look, Lester is one of the best ever at intimidation. He went after people. As a cover man and in tackling, he was just phenomenal. I mean, it was like, you know, the perfect I'm a linebacker. Yes. And see, that see, like and that all stems stems from from in 1967, 1968, and 1969. All playing against men who had taken out their pistols and put them on the sideline and taken out their billy clubs and put them on the sideline. And they changed shoes. They 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 would put on the track spikes like in Vietnam steel toe boots and we played the tackle football. Yeah. Like, somebody told somebody like, told me I didn't that, have any fear. Somebody told me uh, yeah. you guys didn't have Gatorade on the sidelines. Yeah, somebody said we had Gatorade on the sidelines. It was Thunderbird. That was the truth. <laughs> this 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 is insane. This is insane. Guys, what the guys in my sector of fifth fifth war, these these guys are gangsters. They are gangsters. I won't lie to you. They are real gangsters. They bank jackers, they smugglers, glurs, they kingpins, they jacking crews, they cleaning crews, gangster guys, and they would call a truce on Saturday. But they were still scrapped on Saturday. Right. And they would take out their pistols and lay them on the sideline, and they would call a truce. Nobody got shot. Nobody got stabbed. And nobody got billy clubbed. But on the sideline, there's towels are lined up all along the sideline. Jeez, I am thankful that they held the truce because I wouldn't have played because these are gangsters. These are real live gangsters. And geez, and we played uh, tackle football and I bled each and every Saturday because I'm tackling guys who had on track shoes with long spikes. And they're men. (laughs) I had to get tough and it toughened me up. It toughened me up. And speaking and of toughening me up, speaking of toughening <laughs> up, you come from the neighborhood that George Foreman came from. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that time time span in the sixties. Gee, I mean it was seventeen bars and nightclubs, like like in our sector. There, and it was violent. People would drink and party and shoot each other, stab each other. Like, like it was a violent sector of, like, of Houston in, in the 1960s, 1970s, 1980s, 1990s. It's still violent yeah. based upon us all the, the traffickers and smugglers and kingpins. It's yeah. violent. Did did you ever and come across? Did you ever come across George? <clears throat> I know he was like five or six years older than you, but 
Uh, George would George would 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 actually, gee, he would hang out at this like at this store that was that was near us, uh, Smith the Junior High School. Gotcha. Like, and he would bomb bomb money off of people. <laughs> like, like if you left uh, this store drinking drinking a juice or a soda, like in Georgia's out there, do not give him a sip of your drink because okay. he would drink it all. <laughs> <laughs> he would ask each and every kid, oh. Give me a me a sip, brother. Okay, you give him a sip, and you get back a carton of orange juice, and the orange juice is empty. <laughs> he would drink it all. <laughs> oh my That's God. what he did. That's amazing. I have to ask you this and question. If you... Okay, go. Well, I was going to say, <clears throat> I have to ask you this. I, I'm always curious, like, you know, regardless of what sport, what position, the guys you played against. I, I saw you had a great quote about John Jefferson, the old Charger receiver. You said, as an ex-linebacker, yeah. I can instill fear in a lot of wide receivers. But with JJ, man, I would bump him, I'd pound him, I'd stick my Rydell in his chest, and that guy would keep coming back with zeal. <laughs> that was your quote on him. I'm curious, like, who were the receivers? Obviously, JJ, uh, John Jefferson is one of them. Who were some of the receivers where you just, like, respected their game and you thought to yourself, I'm going to be in for it today. You know, it's going to be a long day. No, it's not a, like it's not a long day. Is can I break him? Can I bump him? Like and keep bumping him. But there was a guy that say Seattle Seahawks, Steve Largent. Steve Largent was blessed. Steve's a four seven forty yard dash guy, but Steve had four four quickness and four four feet. Plus. He's on slant routes. He is running slant routes. And Jack Tatum and Burgess Owens, our safeties, and Van McElroy, they are hitting him at full speed. Boom. Jesus, he would still love uh, run a skinny post, a slant route, based upon quick feet and toughness. You could not make him tiptoe right geez like like on a slant slant route for danger danger because that safety is coming I mean uh full speed sure like in Steve on slant routes and skinny posts he would keep going in there and Jack Tatum is lighting him up and Burgess Owens is lighting him up and Van McElroy is lighting him up but he would still go in there yeah. Geez, on large and, and Pittsburgh guys, uh Starworth and Lance Warren, geez, on the tough guy routes. I'm gonna watch you on film. I'm gonna check you out, I'm gonna chart you, I'm gonna go back, go back a year, go back two years. Of course it does he go full speed on skinny post and tough guy routes, slant routes. I'm going to chart you and search your heart and see how tough are you. Those guys, the Charger guys, the Steeler guys, uh, <clears throat> like and Steve Largent, 
Yeah, those are the the Dolphin guys. The Dolphin guys, Duper and Clayton, Skinny Post and Slant Routes. They had no doubt or fear because you've got to have King Kong balls to keep running a full-speed slant route, to keep running a full-speed skinny post because you are going to get boomed. Yeah. That's us. That's amazing. That's great color. Well, Lester Hayes, Lester, I I have to tell you, thank you so much for coming on uh, Chasing Hardware. I I could listen to these stories all day. Growing up in Houston, uh, the Texas A&M days, obviously those iconic Raiders teams, a couple Super Bowls, all those crazy interceptions. Uh, and and even your comments at the end there about the receivers you you know respected playing against, just so much fun hearing all your stories. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, uh, geez, it was a pleasure, guys. It was a pleasure. Like and geez, Antonio Pierce, I love you because of of your men love you just as we love. Uh, Coach John Madden and Coach uh, Tom Flores. That's that's a very important factor in success. Go Raiders. <laughs> love it. I love it. Well, thanks again, Lester. I really appreciate it. All right, God. Love you. Take care, man. And thank you for listening to Chasing Hardware. I've been your host, Rich Lumello. The Michael Stanley Band brought us in, and the suburbs with Life is Like are going to take us out. Speak to you next time. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.